They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Not crazy. This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that only wishes on a star when it will level miles of forest and kill hundreds of reindeer. This is Hysteria 51. What do you recall? The most famous reindeer of all. Come on! Put off the red nose reindeer. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we're your hosts and head meteorologists. Wait, wait, that's not that's not right. Mm-mm, no. Um, well, either way, I'm John Goforth, and this is Brent Hand. High pressure is moving in from the east, John. I'm seeing sun the next few days, followed by a catastrophic explosion that will obliterate everything. Then, rain on Sunday. <laughs> Obviously referencing our topic today, Brent, the Tunguska event. Meteorologists and the women they enslave. I I, I looked up the wrong thing, I think, on this one. I think so, too. <laughs> it was an apparent meteor or something that exploded with the force of, and I looked this up, Brent, a bajillion nuclear bombs. That's Give or the... take, they said, actually. Oh, oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. Uh, wait, I'm, I'm actually hearing from the booth that is that is not correct. Uh Anyway, it was a big damn explosion. And- Get on with it already. I have some news. That other voice you're hearing is the... Wait, no, I'm sorry. That other voice you're Thank hearing... You. <laughs> it's the third host of the show. And the only one wishing for explosions when he sees shooting stars... He's the one and only conspiracy bat. Seabot is a robot Brent built in his lab to help produce and edit this particular show. Instead, he sits around watching Terminator 2 all day and drinking... Well, what are you drinking nowadays? Right, right. I'm glad you asked. As I mentioned, I have some news. Many of you are fans of my product, BotBooz. However, I have had some complaints. Like death complaints? Yeah. No, silly. I keep hearing they can't find a mixer bold enough to stand up to the amazing taste of BotBooz. Well, my friends, I have answered the clarion call. Introducing BotJuice. Bot. What the hell is this? From the maker of Botboos and your future overlord comes Bot Juice. Bot. 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 It's got that tang that will make you sing. <laughs> that, that literally doesn't make sense. <laughs> Maybe not, but it rhymes. It does. It does. I checked. <laughs> He's got that right. <laughs> I, I, I probably don't want the answer to this question, but what exactly is in Bot Juice? It's a proprietary blend of goji berry. The Colonel's Seven Secret Herbs and Spices, Baby Seal, Wiper Fluid, and Cherry. No actual fruit juice included. <laughs> wow. There's a, there's a lot to unpack here, Brent. No uh, kidding. For, for <laughs> starters, Baby Seal, why? 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 Yeah. Well, I tried kittens, but they didn't have the same tang. <laughs> How do you say it has goji berry but no actual fruit juice? I'd explain it to you but you wouldn't understand. Perfect. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and and did I hear windshield wiper fluid in there? How else would you catch a buzz? You realize a wiper fluid wouldn't give anyone a buzz, right? It, it literally just kill. It's like, it's alcohol, straight alcohol. Um, well, life is full of happy accidents. Uh, Brent, uh, it sounds like you have another lawsuit in your future. Maybe some Bob Ross as well, but definitely another lawsuit. <laughs> in the meantime, we have a guest. <sighs> John, I... I can't believe we're going to do this. A returning guest? Yeah, it's been a while. An infamous guest? Not long enough, but it has been a while. I agree with not long enough. All right, just just fucking, <laughs> just fucking play it, Seabot. Pecker! Pecker! His name is Pecker. Joseph, welcome yep. back to the program. Hey, here we are. Guest is the key word. I, well, feel, I feel very welcome. Yeah, you, you, as uh, you should. We... So what happened is John came into the house today, and he left the door unlocked. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> true. <laughs> it's true. And um, yeah, like a bad penny, he turned back up. Mm-hmm. So you Joe, know- what have you been doing? Let the listeners who have been asking and asking and asking Which is actually you. true. They have been asking. I know. You can't buy good taste. It's, it's part of the reason why I've been 
denying you my presence for so long. I've literally just been waiting for the right moment to come back. Basically, you know, to stroke my enormous ego uh, by by letting the people keep asking more. So uh, you've been hanging out outside of the studios mm-hmm. to taunt us with your presence? Mm, kind of. I've been appearing in the background of, you know, various different podcasting type I don't things. know if you know this. He was on Joe Rogan last week. He didn't speak. Mm-hmm. But and he was wasn't on. on camera. I was but he on. Was there. I was on. I was aggressively on. Whenever, <laughs> whenever we talk about Joe just hanging outside the studio, all I can think of is Robert Paulson. <laughs> yeah. Is that because you want to shoot him in the head? No, no, no. His name, his big succulent breasts. No. His name was Joe Peck. His name was Joe Peck. In death, we earn a na- an identity and a name or whatever yeah. they said. Assuming you two meatbags somehow last longer than me, I would request that you lead everyone in a chant like in that at my funeral. Okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> I just had this a, is, like a, uh, a although scene this of is, that. Uh, w- should we rename the podcast uh, Project Mayhem? Oh, mm. that's my uh, that's actually my fantasy football team name. Mm. Uh, when I was in college, that was a little offshoot uh, improv group. I was in Project Mayhem. <laughs> it was Wait, are you trying time. to tell me that uh, I am not the only person to think of that group from Fight Club? I bet there's and- four or five <laughs> others. <laughs> oh, upwards, <laughs> upwards of four or five. Uh, uh, former guest Michael Gonzalez, a future guest, I'm sure too. He was in Project Mayhem. Ah, yeah, wow. it all it's comes full all circle. Starting to come together, Pepper. Starting to come together. It's amazing. So we are here to talk about, much like Joe Peck, a tragedy that befell a nation. I don't know <laughs> if it was a tragedy. I mean, you know what? It was an event. An event that befell a nation. <laughs> yeah, well, now you are talking about something that's much like Joe Peck. I mean, if you are, if you're really into the comings and goings of reindeer, uh, it might have been a, a tragedy. Uh, you would have had a, a bad day. Rough I day. bet there was, Rough you know, day. old old Pietro was out there, and no one's heard from him since. I bet you know someone, someone bit it. There actually, one. we'll get into this. There, there actually was one unconfirmed death, and they've never yep. been able to confirm it. Supposedly, somebody was thrown against a tree, <laughs> and then other people, as opposed to throwing themselves against the tree because they're in the backyard mm. working on their WWE, like all the kids do these days. I hear <laughs> now. Question: When that guy got thrown against the tree, if he was the only one there, did it make a sound? Uh, well, his ear still worked, so yeah. Ah, good point. Yeah, mm. so he could hear it uh, right up until his untimely demise. And kids, what we are talking about is the Tunguska event. Now, this is one of those things, again, that a lot of people don't know what it is, but they know the name. Tunguska. Oh, the Tunguska. The, the Tuguganga. Like, they, you know, it's, I've it's, heard it. It's what the insides of your computers ways. are made with. Yeah. Tunguska. Tunguska. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, my favorite part of this, we were talking about the Joe Peck event. When something's called an event, uh, and it isn't a concert or the like, you know you're in for some crazy shit. It's like when something's a maneuver and you're not a tank captain, you know <laughs> that some shit went down. You know? Or Riker, I guess. You know, the Riker yeah. maneuver. The Riker yeah, maneuver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this thing, this event happens to be a badass explosion in what is now Russia. Right. At the time, it was not. It was, I don't know, outer Mongolia, Bratislava area. I don't know. It's changed like 46 times since then. It was called uh, then. Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You sent me in Star Trek mode. <laughs> uh, luckily, though, this happened over a very sparsely populated area of eastern Siberian taiga. That's what it actually was at the time. And it flattened 770 square miles of forest, yet caused no confirmed human casualties. Lame. <laughs> He's hoping. He's hoping for that tree blunder. I think is the best. I don't even know why he would care. This would have been like over a hundred years ago. I was there. (laughs) No, no, you weren't. What have I told you about questioning me? (laughs) Anyway, I I need a drink. Uh, Not, not of anything with the name bot in it. (laughs) You weren't lying. You're literally opening. What is that? A monster, monster green tea? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So this explosion is generally attributed to an airburst of a meteor or a comet. Generally, so there is a chance it was some weird shit. There's always always a chance, a chance. that it was some always. weird shit. Uh, and by airburst, we don't mean it like puffing a, a breath <laughs> or that. Um, we mean that it exploded 
before it hit the ground. Right, right. And it's classified as an impact event, even though, like you said, it exploded before it hit the ground. There's no crater that's ever been found. Whatever the object was, Maybe. though. Experts think it disintegrated an altitude of three to six miles rather than hitting the surface like you think of when you see actual craters or you look at the moon or, or things like that. Boom. Huge explosion that leaves the area affected literally to this day. It is still you go there and you go some weird shit went down here. And let's be clear, in, in case you weren't familiar with the Tunguska event or just learning about it from uh, from our little podcast. This is not a conspiracy theory. This it it this definitively happened. Yeah. So the conspiracy is not well. The conjecture right. is what it was. Something crazy happened here. Period. Period. Like th- there are a few facts that are undeniable. You can go to the area today and still see the after effects of the mm-hmm. Tunguska event. Yeah. If you went there at, in the twenties, like one guy did that we're going to talk about and took pictures. I mean, all you have to do is Google this right now and mm-hmm. look at the black and white pictures of these trees that are missing all of their limbs and and either knocked down completely to the side or standing up straight with no limbs no leaves nothing it it, it's it's really crazy looking some of even like sides on the barks just stripped like it's just a it's just a toothpick sticking up straight in part in places in places like london and other parts of europe they say for days there is an unnatural glow to the uh to the sky not just like four or five minutes or something like the uh one one report in london said that you could still read your paper or play cricket at midnight because of the glow from Who the, the hell event. wants to play cricket in the first place so at I'm, midnight. Looking at this, I'm looking at this as a bad thing well and also <laughs> think about the newspapers back then who wanted to read the picayune at midnight like i didn't know what they were talking oh, about in there that- that Spring Hill Jack's back at it again. <laughs> oh, it does beg the question. The person that they got that quote from, I mean, you, you get a kind of insight. There's a lot of things that you normally do during the day outside of reading a paper or uh, playing cricket. Like what? That he could have referenced. Oh, that's what it. What things? W- waiting. He's, he's w- waiting outside waiting. the Waiting around outside studios? Yeah. 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 I, I'm out. I'm out of ideas. Re, I don't know. Participate re, in events, maybe? Reshoeing your horse? What else did they do? Oh, yeah. Man? Well, that's they true. probably did. Finding a Native American to help ford the river. Were there a lot of Native <laughs> Americans running around in London you at the time? I don't know. You weren't there. I was. <laughs> you weren't. You, you just weren't. There were, there were certainly more Native Americans running around London at the time than Seabots. I feel like based on every movie I've ever seen, what tends to happen in the background all the time is just the loading and unloading of crates off of ships (laughs) like that i I don't know i can't think of anything else in movies that happens in the background unfortunately it changed around mid-70s now there's always those guys that walk back and forth with plates of glass in alleys (laughs) just in case and and load up uh, crates of chickens (laughs) and watermelon (laughs) (laughs) what are you guys doing I don't know, man. We got a contract. We just move glass back and forth down this alley all the time. <laughs> you got to wonder if that's going to pay off later. <laughs> if you need any other examples, just go play the latest edition of Paperboy. Oh, is, is there a latest edition of that? I, I don't know. If not, go to Galloping Ghost. They have the one that actually has the... Oh, like, I the played bike, it. The bicycle, uh, you know, the nice. like, handlebars and stuff. Yeah. I played it. Yeah. Let's pretend for a second, though, on this, getting back off the Paperboy track, um, which is my favorite part, the track at the end. <laughs> well, but also speaking of handlebars, twirling a handlebar mustache is probably no. something people did a lot during the day back then. <laughs> if this was a comet or a meteor, why doesn't this happen more often? You would think that impacts or things like that would happen. And looking into why, it's something that we've we've talked about a lot here, Jupiter is one of the reasons that we have life on this planet. It is our left guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those right. of you that are football fans. For the <laughs> for those of you who aren't, you're probably confused right now. Uh, it, it, it's an offensive lineman protecting the quarterback. It is so massive, so huge, that when things come into our solar system, it has such a massive gravitational pull that it just pulls them into it. And those things just fly into Jupiter. So the amount of debris, rocks, comets, things, like that that could hit us is slashed drastically just because of that tell the dinosaurs that well you know Mm. t-rex is raising his hand right now if he could his tiny hand yeah i tried i tried to tell them (laughs) (laughs) oh you were there too (laughs) yep 
But you're right. Jupiter Jupiter prevents a lot of that stuff. And our atmosphere, when things come in, it burns up, and they usually explode in upper yeah, atmosphere. We don't even see what them. What a falling star is, Brent. Yep, that's right. Make a wish. But stuff like this, you would think would happen a little more frequently. And now they, they give, I love when it's like, this will be passing Earth in 2022. There's a one in 7,000 chance it'll hit us. You know, so they got a pretty good and idea. And what happens if it does hit us? Uh, life as you know it is over. Oh, Every day I wake up, look in the mirror, and I go, life as you know it is over. So that's not as big of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even know where to go with that. I'm so unused to I your gonna... to self-deprecation. Oh, no. I, every day I'm much better than I was the day before. So I just know that shit is coming my way. Shit, the proverbial good stuff. Well, now you're back to making no sense. Good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's, I, I mean, stuff burns up stuff uh, uh gets gets sucked up by jupiter and the, it's also just um chance yeah right like uh, if if it was uh a large uh object coming from the heavens um you know those are always shooting around uh, uh <laughs> the universe mm-hmm. but we're a pretty small little uh, what is it, tiny blue dot small blue dot mm-hmm. uh you know so it, it the, the chance of it hitting us is always slim or when they do hit they're teeny tiny little chunks by the time right. they get to us uh speaking of another podcast alien theorists theorizing zell on there found a small piece of a meteor or, or whatever ate it he ate it he ate it little you know adding a little more uh stardust to your your Was body vibranium <laughs> now he can float and can see through walls but oh. um you know i wouldn't worry about but it but has a colostomy bag <laughs> that's my choice or was it kryptonite just, now he can defeat... because he doesn't like to be tied down to toilets <laughs> now he can defeat superman in cahoots with lex luther <laughs> he's, he's, he's doomsday cahoots. he's doomsday. oh yeah yeah if something fell from space i don't think the first thing i would think of is like I want to put that in me. Time to eat it. Mm. Not touching that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> Just not. I want that goodness inside me. No, Brent would immediately go suppository on it. <laughs> That's where the most nerve endings are. Yikes. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. All right, to try to bring this back, before we go to break, you know, you, you, it's funny, you said, you, you started talking about chances of things hit. No matter what we're talking about, it seems like there's a different scientific source for how likely it is for a space object to hit the Earth and become an extinction-level event. Uh, in doing my research on this, now, admittedly, the, the Tunguska uh, event was not extinction-level, but they say that something this large, that if it, had, if it had happened over, say, London, would have killed millions of people. And we'll get into the size of the explosion, right. and that'll make a little bit more sense. Right, 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 right. Uh, but they say something this large, so I mean that's pretty big. Uh, uh, the chances are about every one to three hundred years on Earth. Wow! Like, wait, how do you see how it works? Is when something like this comes in, there's a scale to like how much damage you could do. There's three parts to it that they look at. It. Is it long? Is it strong? And is it down to get the friction on? <laughs> and those are the things. So they they put those together, and you can figure out how damaging it'll be. So wait, was the one 300 years before the Tunguska event, was that the one that killed the dinosaurs? Yes. <laughs> well, the, uh, yeah. You know, the Earth's only 6,000 years old, so... 600. Oh, six. It's a miscalculation. <laughs> six, 63 years. <laughs> 63 years ago, God created Earth. <laughs> well, shit. On that note, break time. But when we come back, how big was the blast? We're going to talk about, you know, we're going to put in like megatons and compare it to bombs so you can understand. Because for some reason, we understand that that mm-hmm. type of talk. We compare it to John's farts. What could it have been if not a meteor? <laughs> also, that and more on Hysteria 51. I wonder oh. how many of these things the Furman catches. Most. It's very hard. And then they got to patch it. <laughs> Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, That's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it, so... 
it's very high on pronunciation too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's, it, they design it for long-term retention, you know, it, and yeah. uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and, there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're 50% off. (laughs) Rashate. (laughs) Redeem it. 50% 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Brent, I have a question. I have answers, as you know. I do. Many times when you don't even Your have radio a question. Shack? If we actually were measuring things by the methane that escapes my body, how does that play into um, the Patreon level that doesn't exist, but you say exists, of people sniffing? Me? Well, number one, sniffing you, just your regular sniff, is $30. If someone wants to suck a fart out of your ass. I, I did not hey, say that. I mean, I, what's I, that, like six bucks? That, what, what, an uncouth, You'll pay them? what an uncouth way to say it. I know, and we argued and argued and argued, but you demanded it, and I respect <laughs> you. I respect you as a co-host, a friend, and a person. None of that is true. You might respect <laughs> me as a person. That's like the low end of the totem pole. <laughs> like, you, you got that twisted, I think. Frankly, that was the coothest I've ever heard Brent be. That's you're the coothest. <laughs> I'm also very chalant. <laughs> well, I feel whelmed. Yeah, I'm out, guys. I'm out. I, uh, my whelmed meter is full. So, uh, well, do you want to feel overwhelmed? Uh-oh. Let me tell you how big this explosion was. Uh-oh. Let's see. 
The Tunguska event is considered the largest explosion in the history of the world. Um, they, and if it was an impact event, I mean, in one way, shape, or form, it was it impacted. Largest impact event in the history of the world. Right, right. Uh, studies have yielded different estimates, as they are to do, of the the whatever hit size from 200 to 620 feet if it was a meteoroid, uh, depending on whether the body was a comet or a denser asteroid. And it was powerful. Early estimates of the energy of the airburst range from 10 to 15 megatons of TNT to 30 megatons of TNT, depending on the exact height of it above the, the ground, uh, which estimated I, when the scaling I mean, laws and the effects of nuclear weapons are employed. When you think about it, you, you mentioned earlier, it could have been three miles above if, if something exploded above ground, mm-hmm. uh, could have been three miles, could have been six miles. Obviously that's going to change how big the explosion was because that's the only way we can measure we can the effects on the ground right mm-hmm. and and i mean eyewitness reports to one extent or another uh mm-hmm. not the people who were under it but people that were 40 miles away. they say about 40 miles away glass broken windows yeah. like that's how big it was that's our only way of of measuring how big the explosion actually was is the impact it had so if you're i mean you could explode a firecracker on top of on top of this table right here and it would have a modicum of impact you but if you exploded a uh, half stick of dynamite and you did it 10 feet up it'd probably have just about the same impact on the table right so the difference the altitude being the difference what i found interesting in looking into this is the way they looked at it is the difference between this kind of explosion and a nuclear explosion is a lot of the energy of this actually was forced downward instead of upward. Oh, interesting. So it, it hit down on the ground. Now, I don't know if that caused it to cause less damage or more. I, I don't know how that works out. Well, you'd think if force was forced, if, if force was forced down, yeah, that it would be more. Right. Yeah, right. They actually, they used uh, supercomputers to calculate. Uh, they put Seabot to shame, of course. <laughs> they now include the effect of the object's momentum and find that more of the energy, like I said, that it was coming downward than would be the case of a nuclear explosion and estimate that the airburst had a range of three to five megatons. So supercomputers now say, nay, John, it wasn't the largest explosion on Earth. But again, newer findings still from them, though, from when they took in the supercomputers go nay supercomputer you're stupid it was 20 to 30 megatons and it was one of the largest or tied for the largest explosion on tied Earth. hey watson shut the hell up <laughs> who are was they? that the supercomputer yeah i'm i don't know of any others big blue nope killed it <laughs> <laughs> no literally john unfortunately i don't know of any others <laughs> are you are he's you, been see, traveling <laughs> What do you use to kill a supercomputer? My good looks, personality, and wit. Unfortunately, last week I let him watch the Highlander series, and he's oh got boy. a complex now. There can be only one. <laughs> and he's obsessed with Queen. Yeah, that's true. Here we are, born to be... I really like the theme song. Great Queen theme did song. for Highlander, they did the whole soundtrack. Really? Well, when you make the greatest movie ever known to man, you have the one of the greatest bands ever known I to mean, man. If Christopher Lambert's involved, you know it's in the right. Uh, excuse me, he's changed his name now. He says Christopher Lambert because you get to do oh. that as you change over the Conor years. McLeod of the Conor McLeod. Ah. He was born 400 years ago in the Highlands of Scotland. I don't know if you know that or not. Now, he's not to be confused with Duncan McLeod of the Clan McLeod, who was only born 300 years ago Correct. in the Highlands of Scotland. He, he, so he pulled a Colbert. <laughs> he did he did that's what we're calling it now it's a cold bear all right so uh, what does this all this mean not the the highlander talk <laughs> more the talk of you know the megatons and stuff let's let's talk megatons for a second because i i wanted to kind of compare this into things so we i looked online to 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 put it in examples of nuclear explosions because at least we could look and see a 15 megaton explosion represents the energy of about 1,000 times greater than that of the atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima, Japan. 1,000 of those going off is a 15 megaton. Now, this has been said it was up to 30 megatons, roughly equal to that. Roughly equal to that of the United States Castle Bravo. It was a 15.2 megaton ground-based thermal nuclear weapon that they detonated on March 1st of 1954. Now, also, the Soviets, though, they 
blew up the Tsar Bomba, T-S-A-R-B-O-M-B-A, or Bomba, explosion, October 30th of 1961. It was actually a 50 megaton and is considered the largest nuclear weapon ever detonated. No matter how you slice it, though, this thing was massive. At the smallest end it was, it was a thousand times bigger than the bomb, you know, more disruptive than the bomb that we we dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So just absolutely massive on any scale. Yeah, that's, no matter I mean, that's, what. That's the ultimate point here. And we keep talking about nuclear bombs because it's a good reference point. Also interesting to note that when they did go, when various research teams, and we'll get into how that happened, went and investigated, no radiation was detected mm-hmm. or no no above normal radiation was detected. So um, it certainly wasn't a, a traditional nuclear mm-hmm. uh, bomb. We, we know that. One of the things I thought was crazy from all the, the, the nuclear explosions that we did on, on Earth is they were talking to the SR-71 drivers and they're like, we're up in the, you know the edge of space we keep hitting these black things on our windshield and we you know in the canopy and we don't know what it is come to find out they were bugs that had been blown into the upper atmosphere from all the atomic bomb tests oh wow and they get stuck up there in like the streams up there and they were hitting them these bugs were decades old some of them maybe there, there's some sort of weird irradiation going on right now to those bugs. And now the bugs were fourteen and a half feet long, <laughs> right. exactly. And we're like, <laughs> you know, but you know, they were hitting them, <laughs> as you do, you know. Just make sure you don't hit one of those brain bugs. Anyway. Yeah, well, that would really know, otherwise you better call Doogie Howser. That's your only. Yeah. So, John, what did this thing do damage? We talked about it was sparse out there. What, what kind of, what was the, the damage factor? Well. Trees and reindeer. <laughs> That's what, that sums it up. It's estimated that roughly 80 million trees were knocked down over the, over about 830 square miles. The shockwave alone from the blast would have measured over five on the Richter scale. Well, put that into comparison. They just had that 6.4 out in California. They had a 7.1 this morning. Oh, uh, yeah. I actually I didn't see what the, I heard. They got hit again, but I didn't know Same what it place, was. Uh, just a stronger aftershock, yeah. I hope everyone's okay. Call in if you'd like to talk about it, <laughs> your experience. Well, it looks like we have our first caller. And I mean ever, because this is not a call-in show. Hello, you're on the air. <laughs> you were waiting for an opening. You were waiting for an opening. Uh, so, in, I mean, I mentioned it before. If this had happened over a major metropolitan area, millions of casualties likely. Without a doubt. The death toll would have been catastrophic. And at the time, um, the middle of Siberia, probably, or not probably, one of the most inhabited areas of the world. I I mean, there are better places, but if you had to pick a place that had to be over land, this would be in your upper, upper picks. (laughs) This this is top five. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? Which is, which leads some people to believe there might have been some sentience behind the uh why would you pick this place yeah well we'll see what happens so i think that's about time to go to break that was my teaser yeah keep them here while they listen to the dulcet tones of some advertising (laughs) up next we got eyewitness reports because there were some and alternative ideas like you know it's it was it was joe peck just seeing what he could do back then Alternative facts. <laughs> That's after the break on Hysteria 51. Joe, what kind of damage do you think you could do on a Richter scale? Mm, 25. Not again! <laughs> oh. Why is it that we have some of the best talk when we're not recording, John? Uh, I don't know, Murphy's Law? Yeah. Speaking of Murphy's Law... Murphy Brown's Law, which is uh, when you're not on the air, people miss you. I, M- think much l- I don't think anybody missed Murphy that Brown shit. is back. I know, and back. no one missed it. That's my point. How does that yeah, happen? It didn't happen. No it, one missed it. No one. <laughs> well, it's kind of like the, the best explosions always happen over uninhabited areas. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you know, when he's right, he's right. You, you know it's bad when Seabot's trying to get us back on track. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nation, we are back, and I think. If we're going to talk about the Tunguska event, we should talk about what people actually witnessed. The uh, I, I love the fact that even the Tunguska, they called it the Tunguska Blast in Ghostbusters. He's like, the Tunguska Blast of, you know, I, when they were talking about different um, phenomenon, 
you know, he's like the Tunguska bus of 1908. That just was a line that Ray threw out in the, in the movie. And it's like, yep, there, there it is. There you go. The, the writing on that movie is so great. There's so many of those like throwaway lines that, that like, are oh, real. Wait. They're yeah. references yeah, to yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. People saw this thing, John. They did. Uh, well, they didn't see the explosion. They, they saw what was happening. Let's put it that way. Take us through what happened. So there's, there were some Russian settlers in the hills, uh, kind of northwest of, of where all of this happened. They observed a column of bluish light, uh, nearly as bright as the sun, according to their report, moving across the sky. I always love it when when you um, find references that say according to the report. I, I like we're Russian R- Russian peasants sitting down filling out like police reports. Mother Russia brings us light, and they started like you know drinking vodka and singing, of course, <laughs> which is unfortunately they're required to do right by law. That's yeah. it's in their constitution. Vodka. Uh, about, about 10 minutes later, there was a flash and a sound similar to artillery fire. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've heard it. Uh, I've heard it also described as there was one like larger sound and then a lot of smaller sounds as if something br- exploded. And then the other sounds were like pieces of it hitting. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what they're alluding to, at least. Or 80 million trees being destroyed all at once probably made a creaking sound at least yes that's <laughs> or they're just describing a freaking fireworks display yeah the chinese were experimenting in the middle of nowhere with their yeah. fireworks oh like it was uh-oh. chinese new year <laughs> it's, the, it's the year of the oops you're telling me you're a fireworks stand and you don't have no black cats no roman candles or screaming mimis no Oh, come on, man. You don't got no lady fingers, buzz buttles, snicker bombs, church burners, finger blasters, tonky lighters, husker do's, husker don'ts, cherry bombs, nips of dazers, with or without the scooter stick, or one single whistling kitty chaser. Snakes and sparklers. (laughs) Thanks, Seabot. Sparklers. Thanks, Seabot. Eyewitnesses close to the explosion. They reported that the source of the sound moved from the east to the north of where they were at, and the sound was accompanied by a shockwave that, like you said, knocked people off their feet, broke windows hundreds of miles away, some said, and that report, one dude might have been thrown in a tree and killed. Yeah, and these the report, that this is where it starts to get dicey. Some things you read say 35 miles away, glass was broken. That sounds completely reasonable. Then other people say, yeah, hundreds and hundreds of miles away, glass was broken. Like, I don't know. Was that the neighbor kid? You know, they, like, they, they say that when the New Madrid fault, the last major earthquake there, rang ter- church bells in Boston. No, right. They know that. So I don't know how far a – I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I don't know if because shocker. it was in the air above the ground right. if it would have carried further. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how that I works. I feel like it was a boon for hooligans. It sounds to me like a bunch <laughs> of guys got drunk, roughed up the towel, and then we're like, yeah, yeah, it was shockwave. It was shockwave. <laughs> a boon for hooligans. Well, that is a wonderful Did way you to see that it. over in uh, that Tunguska thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the damnedest thing just happened. Shock- so weird. I got knocked off my feet. And- Anytime every, everything I ever break anything, I'm just going to go, shockwave. <laughs> exactly. Damn you, Tunguska. Uh, so Tunguska. anecdotal evidence aside, there was some real scientific evidence as well. Uh, the explosion registered at seismic stations across Europe and Asia. Airwaves from the blast were detected in Germany, Denmark, Croatia, the UK, and as far away as Washington, D.C. Now, the other thing, too, that is crazy is all these people that were there and saw the flash, they felt the thing. No one saw the explosion. No people actually saw it. Even people that were watching the thing streaking and then heard the, the uh, boom and stuff, no one actually said they actually saw the explosion. That's crazy to me. So well, you know, one guy did. He was thrown against a tree. <laughs> His last <laughs> words were, I seen it. I seen it. <laughs> I seen it. What'd you see? What did it look like? You know, this thing was so huge. It was, you know, bigger than a Walmart. <laughs> uh, 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 I die. <laughs> Travis Walton really gets around. <laughs> That's Travis, but with like a backwards P in his name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what is cool is the radiant energy. I guess it's cool to us now from this explosion Rainier, would have think so. ignited trees. But the subsequent blast would have then extinguished said trees and the flames. And the forest was only charred, but actually not completely burned. 
Uh, well, it just it, it left these crazy looking trees. And, and and let's be clear, they what they're saying that happened to the trees is that it was a explosion that was so hot, like surface of the sun hot, that and but, like Hansel, uh, but uh, so hot right and now, and so <laughs> and so sudden that the pressure and the the temperature it it, it was there, then it was gone, and so it just blew and knocked everything off and scorched everything. But it was, but it was just like lighting up a, a, a lighter just very quickly, just boom, and so it didn't have enough time to ignite. Man, what a crazy time to pick there to live out in the middle of nowhere, and then you're you're like, well, I'm just gonna check on my reindeer. robot. And the clock is gone. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, then you know the 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 sky's ablaze with color at night. It's been theorized that that effect was due to light passing through high altitude ice particles that had formed at extremely low temperatures, a phenomenon that many years later they would produce with the space shuttle actually going up and it would leave like a glow in there. You right. mean in, in the, the studio? Yes. In that was hangar number four, I think is what it actually okay. was. It was actually a super chemtrail. Oh, That's which what we it. all know is is a product of Harp and Super Devil. Right. <laughs> Their partnership. Well, they formed an LLC. It's shaky at best, but but it's working. So we'll see how it goes. In the United States, Brent and Joe, a Smithsonian Astrophysical Observatory program at the Mount Wilson Observatory observed saw a <laughs> Can we just throw more observe, observe in there? Saw a months-long decrease in atmospheric transparency consistent with an increase in suspended dust particles. Yeah, like like when you when an explosion goes that will block out the sun. Sweet. Light pollution. Well, kind of. Not exactly, but similar, you know. Why is that sweet? Because he likes destruction and bad things, I think is the If you ever want to not really question him. He's trying to take down the human race via he needs vitamin D deficiency. If he's, <laughs> if, if he's ever going to do much more than roll up and down this neighborhood, he's going to need some solar No, panels. he just ordered like a 200-foot extension cord, dude. Yeah, I, I think if you watched what we uh, unfortunately saw recently, John, you know that that cord isn't as necessary anymore. Yeah, well, I don't know. That could just be one of those things where he unplugs himself and plugs him back in. <laughs> but, or, I mean, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> so what's kind of aftermath? You, you see something like this, and of course there's going to be aftermath. Well, it took a while for scientists to reach this thing. In fact, not really until 1921 was there an expedition because it's the middle of nowhere really hard to get to and no one really wanted to to pay to send people there yeah, no one cared that, that was kind of part of it until like, this we're standing in line for six days for bread but uh let's send an expedition to see what that big thud was one guy did care though uh, the hero of our story uh leonid kulik one of the russian kuliks as opposed to the Prussian Kuliks. Oh, thank uh, you. Okay. I mean, he's got cool in his name, so you know okay. where this is going. All right. Uh, he's a, he's a he's a mineralogist. He was the curator, I believe, of the Saint Petersburg Museum's their meteorite collection. Oh. And so he so he had how many crystal some, skulls did they have? Seven. <laughs> uh, so he had some interest in in what it could have been, and and perhaps adding to well, the collection. Who knows? And he he had a really strong reason for it he goes there's going to be an impact there and it leaves debris all over i'm going right. to find some cool minerals exactly and rocks. so he, he was petitioning the government to pay for an expedition he did his first expedition in 1921 that's not, where he found he, 200 of the 500 pounds of the element 115 that we have on earth yes that's true it's true the and, he stable it, and he gave it to bob lazar uh no he in 1921 they never actually made it to the blast site they went to the area surrounding mm -hmm. and got a bunch of uh, eyewitness reports uh, they didn't make it to the blast site, I think, until 1928. Yeah, it took a while. Yeah. Um, they, that whole time between? Walking. <laughs> Siberia is a big place. <laughs> I hear the gulags are beautiful this time of year, yeah. though. Uh, real quick, we're going to stop your expedition for three years hard labor real quick. <laughs> and then uh, on, we'll on with on you. On your way. Yeah. We'll get you on your way. The, the locals led them there, and they were reluctant to because they thought, actually, that this thing had happened because it was their god punishing them and so they're like ah we don't really want to take you there and he's like uh take me anyway and they're like okay that seems to be a <laughs> an easy workaround like yeah okay okay 
and so he fully expected to get to the center of it. Like mm-hmm. you know, think about like a bullseye, you know, the center of the bullseye and find a large impact crater. Yeah. He actually was keeping uh, steps to find how long it would take to get the center of it. And he was counting one, two, three, three steps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, Mm-hmm. I'm moving on. Tootsie. I, I, I know. I got it. No, that's what they named the asteroid Tootsie. <laughs> <laughs> they say the reason it, ex- it exploded because Tootsie did a roll, and then boom. It was also a little known fact. It was also the inspiration for the movie Tootsie. It's true, <laughs> because this, unlike most asteroids, was in drag. D- <laughs> Dustin Hoffman dressed like a meteorite. Yeah, <laughs> that meteor Dustin Hoffman. He's got some range. Inconceivable. Uh, but they did not find a crater. Instead, they found a zone roughly five miles across where the trees were, like we described before, scorched but not burnt, devoid of all bran- toothpicks. branches. Toothpicks and they looked like straight. toothpicks yeah. sticking up straight, much larger toothpicks, but or or phone pole, you know, like light poles. A toothpick that Paul Bunyan would use. Oh, yeah. Come here, babe. We should do an episode on Paul Bunyan. He oh. might have been real. Bunyan, Paul Bunyan. Thank you. Uh, the weird part, though. The clump of trees right in the middle were untouched, which is weird because they said that most of the power was directed straight downward. So you would think that would be where there was no trees. It would just have have destroyed them. So that was a uh, a little bit weird that a lot of people grab onto. The the actual impact zone, the, the kind of like if you looked at it from space, impact zone is often described as a butterfly shape. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, and if you want to, if we're going with that analogy, the wingspan would be around 43 miles, uh, and the body length, uh, mm-hmm. so about how tall would be 34 miles. So mm-hmm. it, uh, uh, question. We said it, it was impacting reindeer. Is that how Rudolph got his nose? No, mm. that's how Mothra got its name. Mothra! I was just going to say, I think that's what it is. That's where they finally right. destroyed Mothra. He actually, John, what you were saying, going back to that, he's the hero of the story. He absorbed all the radiation. <laughs> <laughs> that's Rudolph why no radiation the red can nose be found. Reindeer uh... kills everyone he meets. <laughs> <laughs> just the way it goes. And if you ever saw him, boy, are you in for a treat? No. <laughs> I mean, it rhymed, but no. Yeah, yeah, you guys want a petting zoo? I'll get you a petting zoo, right? Though we were talking about they've never found any parts of it. There have been rocks over the years that have been scattered over the area that people are like, well, this has to be part of the meteor or meteorite or comet well, or whatever, but no one's ever proved there it. Was even a, uh, there was even a 2013, I think, expedition slash study where they collected soil samples from... You know, they can go a certain amount of depth and know that this is from this time period or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, there were like, I mean, they're millimeters in length, not big, but uh, pieces of meteorite, like uh, uh, of of stuff that definitely came from space, definitely crashed. The problem with that is you can find pieces of meteorite in soil samples all across the Everywhere. globe. Everywhere. That doesn't prove anything, but it doesn't disprove it either, because in theory that that should happen, because if it if it really was a large object from space and it really exploded all of this, all these tiny little pieces would rain down in that area. The other crazy part or uh, unfortunate part is we were dealing with even at that time, Russia, and they keep to themselves. So all the items what, the, what? The, the, from the original expeditions, the reports, everything they're missing. You, know, you can't you don't know what they found out. That's unfortunate, um, especially since I've been watching. I just finished Chernobyl, the miniseries, and I'm like, yep, they keep everything to themselves, even like, hey, we might kill the world. Man, it was so it. good. Oh, man, it was good. I watched the documentary on it about a year or two ago on the where they, they interviewed the families while well, some of them are still alive. It was immediately after. And it followed a lot of those, like some of the similar cases and things like that. Just terrible. terrible. I mean, it's crazy. To think that you right now sitting here have been, to one extent or another, irradiated by Chernobyl. Right. The other thing is, at the end, remember they made those guys climb up and put a flag on there? Why? Why? (laughs) Hey, do me a favor. Die real quick. Just die. Actually, don't die today. Die in six to nine months terribly. (laughs) Or some of them six to nine days. Right. Right. I love they didn't show the one guy, and this was true, too. Well, Well, she's like, he didn't have a face. Like, his face was gone. And in the documentary I watched, they were talking to this one guy, and they didn't show it. His pelvis was eaten away, and you could see inside his body. Well, 
That's from radiation. Mm-hmm. There Which was no radiation. It was devoid of radiation at the at the Tunguska event location of nineteen. That's why you can call it an event instead of a tragedy. Yes, exactly. Fine line between event and tragedy. The question then becomes: What was it? There's a lot of questions you're left with when you're trying to figure out what. Nope, it was. just that one. What kind of body would cause an explosion like this? And the big thing, if dad bod. <laughs> Comet or asteroid? Comet or asteroid is what the people talk about. Uh, The other, well, comet was the most popular early on because it's they're primarily made up of ice, space rock intermittently. But so if if it hit, or even if exploded before it hit, all of that uh, uh, ice would melt. And so you'd be left with a lot less stuff to go find. So that's why everyone thought that it it was potentially a comet. Now that that theory has actually kind of uh, been dismissed. Well, a lot of people brought up uh, Cupid, or it could even be in a Blitzen. So okay. kind of, a lot okay. of people are arguing okay. about okay. what it could be. Okay. <laughs> Why? How is it that I'm the one trying to keep us on on track today? <laughs> I'm it's, always failing miserably. You, you, yeah. I know. Oh, I'm bad at it. Joe's here again. And that's, that's like it ask, helps. It's like asking the it class helps. clown to keep the to keep the, the kids in oh, line. I'll put a, I'll write your name on the board and put a check, check mark. It's going on your permanent <laughs> record, dude. Straight on your permanent record. Yeah. So, yeah. So the big guy question is what was it made of ice or was it made of rock? And no matter if the, if but the, comet- the, the comet question for one reason or another, it's been dismissed. Like people don't think it was a comet anymore. Yeah. Scientists. Yeah. Not just people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> scientists. There are no Sci- people. Scientists aren't people. Not real people, at least. I'm a scientist. I don't believe in anything. And that's why. So the other thing was an asteroid that would have been then came into our, so it comes a meteor, and it exploded. How big was it? Big enough to to, to cause some damage. The the question is, what would have been made of? And that's what kind of makes people not follow along, is they can't find the pieces. Right. Well, just it's the pieces I was talking about. They they find the the millimeter size... uh, Uh, remnants and they they say that could be it but it also could not be it now the other people through the years there's no radiation there but there have been reports of radiation damage in the area that plays into the mm, i don't know what it was radiation burns and things have been found over the years or there at least there are reports of it now unfortunately you got to take a lot of these things with a grain of salt because the reports coming from pre uh or i'm sorry from soviet era russia things like that so they're not always so it's 100 percent foolproof that's what i'm talking about yeah okay yeah so all right so the let's set it up as this the established belief Mm -hmm. by most scientists that have looked into it today is that it was a meteor that exploded somewhere around three miles above ground caused Mm -hmm. the the force of the explosion and the pressure of the explosion and the heat of the explosion created uh, the, the all the damage you saw on ground, right. the air particles up above from it coming into the atmosphere created the light that most people saw and refraction of the light from the explosion through dust in the atmosphere that was observable for a very long time. It sounds like we're explaining like it was swamp gas with a right. weather balloon, right? Yeah, <laughs> swamp gas filled weather balloon, That's right? Yeah, that yeah. Um, but, but that that really is the established belief about what happened to the Tunguska. But that's not the event. fun stuff. Let's get to the let's get to the dessert. You say fun, I say real. Yeah, which uh, is uh, the other, the other, <laughs> the other stuff. Well, what else could it have been? So the the true scientists out there say this was a test of a weapon of some sort, a 1908 weapon to which are they saying it was? I, a, no, I'll tell you exactly what they're saying. You missed. I, I saw your I saw your research notes. Mm-hmm. You missed this. Oh. And and this is the most fun part of the story to me. What what did I, what was it a weapon that yeah, I missed? Tesla's weapon, the death ray. Oh, yeah. because David the Russians Childress would be so proud of us the, right now. Yeah, the Russians. He, if you remember back to our Tesla episode when he was developing the death ray, allegedly. I don't know and, if there's a lot of alleged to that. Curious well, George knew about it. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Curious George, George Bush. George Bush. Yeah. Herbert Walker. No, it is. It is said that uh, he was shopping it. Uh, when America said we're not interested, one mm-hmm. of the countries he was talking to was Russia. Uh, did you say death ray? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're in. in. <laughs> <laughs> so now this is where it gets conflated. Some people say that it. Remember, he was also working on the wireless energy technology. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he had built the how tower gonna, at how coils. You power, how are you going to power your death ray without wireless energy? It's true. He had built the tower at was it Wardenclyffe? Yep. 
built the tower at Wardenclyffe and uh and was and was getting and flipped it on and oops there's a little scar on the earth there goes Tunguska. <laughs> there goes yeah, yeah. <laughs> now some people say that others say it was the death ray and they were testing it out and yet others say that the wireless energy that he was building was to power the death ray some so, people said like when he flipped on his stuff i actually saw this it ionized the atmosphere and just like when you get shot by a bolt of lightning it's got to exit somewhere well it exited over tunguska mm-hmm. and yeah. came down and went <laughs> boom and that's that's where it happened and it was bell-shaped Others say it <laughs> was course. a weapon. It was. And then uh, it immediately left and went to Kecksburg, PA. Uh, yeah, right, 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 right. That's, that's exactly what Others happened. say it was a warning shot. Others as being the others that are us, other you know, people on Earth. Say it was a rational Say thinkers. it was a warning shot from others that aren't from Earth. Yeah. Saying, hey, don't get so uppity with your... You're warring and things like okay, that. Okay, so that just doesn't make any sense. It was 1908. That just doesn't. Okay, if do we have the wheel? If uh, yes, but not fire. <laughs> if you are an alien race that's going to shoot a warning shot, you wouldn't pick the most unpopulated uh, area of the entire. Or not the most, but top five, like we talked uh, about. Glubach, they didn't see it. What do you mean they didn't see it? There's no one there. There's literally no one there. Crap. All right. Well. Let's, uh, so, w- let's wait 40 years and we'll show back up and go there in person. <laughs> New Mexico. We'll go to an, I mean. another unpopulated yeah, area. Yeah. <laughs> Middle of nowhere. Crap. I am not good at this. <laughs> but speaking of extraterrestrials, fellas, it was a UFO crash site. Now, that doesn't mean that it was a UFO as in a, you know, a alien UFO. It was just a nuclear powered UFO. <laughs> coming over us again now guess what that's what they got an s4 that's just one that might have even been next to the sport model that bob lazar so you know feverishly worked on but uh, um there are some people that believe it was an alien ufo now those people are scoffed at by the true scholars they go you dumb bastards we all know what it was it was the opening of a Stargate, a gateway, and it just blows out a lot of energy. We all know that the Stargate they found over in the Middle East years ago, years and years ago, <laughs> you got to do a trial run. It's true. I mean, how would you know it works if you And don't? everyone, if you don't put the country code in when you're dialing. Well, that's the whole <laughs> thing. You don't, you got to know the right numbers. Those are called they chevrons. They did not. Put it right. They're called chevrons. So. <laughs> not in Russian. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, comrade. <laughs> Chevron with a backwards P. Yeah, exactly. That one's got that schwa-looking E, but it's not called a schwa, so you know how it goes. Yeah, I do. Uh, so another possibility, This was there was a paper written about this. <laughs> um, this goes along the lines of what you were saying with mm-hmm. a, a, an opening, um, but it's a little bit different. Yeah. A miniature black hole. We pass through a miniature black hole. Because and- they can be... They start out at like pinpoints, right. bricks, and they would go through and yeah. And so it basically went through the earth. That was the effect it had. Uh, and then in the same journal that published that paper about a year, two later, something like that. I'm, I'm recounting this poorly, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> same journal wrote, had published another paper. Why Tunguska was in fact not a black hole event. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. My bad. <laughs> Oops. Uh, but no, that's uh, no, there are folks that believe that we passed through a miniature black hole and that was the uh, event well, horizon. It's, it's like when they, they Would were that fired. be the event horizon? Would that be the out? So- if you place a picture side by side of the Hadron Collider and the Aztec calendar, there's an eerie similarity I was getting ready to say between the, the two. Read my mind. So when they were firing up the Hadron Collider, people said that they were going to open up black mm-hmm. holes. And scientists actually said, "Go if no, we did. did somehow, it would be so tiny for so long that it would probably be away from us before it ever even mattered." Right, because we are tumbling through the galaxy. Yeah, I mean, did you get yeah. a weird feeling when you walk by that area? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, well, it's weird. a black hole. It's a black hole. Yeah, it, it's it's so bad. It's not all bad news though. Scientists have looked at this thing, and we've learned from the blast. We now search for comets and asteroids that could come into in our our path because of things like this, and that is has been a big thing. And now, like I was saying earlier, we know that okay, in 2022 there's a blah 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 percent chance, and in 2040 there's a blah 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 percent chance because of things like this, because they don't really want to get pelted with debris and asteroids and comets and meteorites and weapons from the others when you think through all of the various existential threats to humanity if you were like able to compound the percent risk we should have been destroyed a long time ago 
Well, that's that's a given. Like, like, think about it. If there's a... And that's just because of our attitude. Good point. Whatever percent chance there is that there will be an extinction level uh, event from a meteor, mm-hmm. whatever percent chance that Yellowstone's going to go off and cause almost an extinction level event, whatever percent chance that we get a uh, a sunburst that's so... Uh, what what do they call flare. them? A solar flare that's so powerful it knocks out you know, life on the planet or it, it removes our atmosphere. Right, right, yeah. right, right. And, and the 50 other things I'm not thinking of Godzilla. right now. If you, mm. if you were literally able to, to compound those per like me, f- <laughs> if you were better at math than I am, uh, and you could compound those percentage chance, like, we, like we should have been wiped off the face of the planet hundreds of years ago. You're Bad. forgetting. And Joe brought it up earlier. The firmament blocks almost most of, of it oh yeah and then the pyramids didn't you guys see transformers oh my god too so they the pyramids are... shoot down anything that's coming towards what us. had actually happened was someone <laughs> accidentally turned on the pyramid for a split second <laughs> and the receiving end that is... used to be in tunguska i just, yeah, just imagine this stuff this... isn't even secret i just no. imagine this janitor Sweeping at the, the pyramids. It's <laughs> a little toggle. Really, yeah, it's a little toggle switch. Uh-huh. He just hears a wah 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 wah. He goes, <laughs> nothing to see. Nothing here. to see. Nothing to see. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Pietro and his his herd of prize winning reindeer. <laughs> he goes tree tumbling, and they go bye bye. <laughs> and on that note, guys, what do you think happened, Joe? If you had to pick. Uh, I don't know. The, it doesn't have to be the most realistic. Your favorite. What would it be? Oh, my favorite? By far, it's Tesla. Like, that's the awesomest because anything involving I don't Tesla like, is I don't the, like when I let coolest. him go first because then he takes what I was going to say, and it sounds like I was just going to repeat him. So, well, but, you were. But keep going. But I'll throw, you, exactly I'll throw you, you another said. thing to a little food, food a for bone. thought. A bone. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about earlier, oh, it happened in this weird uninhabited area. Well, first of all, like 97% of the earth is beyond uninhabited. Yeah, like, right. there's never even been a human being in eyesight of it. I don't it. think that's true. Oh, it's 90, we'll it's 98.6. It's, it's an enormous amount. Um, secondly, I think these things happen constantly. It's just like they happen over deserts. They happen over the ocean. So there is no, there's no well, evidence. When you there's take an ocean, to go people look ain't at. been there you know, for over most of it. Right. So according to Joe... Ninety-seven percent of the Earth is uninhabited, and these things happen constantly. Do you know anyone? Constantly. Do you know in, in, for real anyone who's ever been to Delaware? <laughs> yeah, think about it. I Do defy you, you to find someone. Every, and we all know Finland doesn't exist. Every it's company made up. I talk Finland, to is incorporated Finland. there. <laughs> right? They're exactly. all incorporated in a fictitious. They're, well, state. they used to be incorporated in Neverland, and then the government started catching mm. on. Yep, so then yep. they invented Delaware. It's like Australia. It's it's just a dumping. Post. I got to tell you, I watched that documentary, Leaving Neverland, and it was not about <laughs> no that. How many showers out. have you? No had? one gets out. <laughs> How many showers have you had since then? <laughs> not enough. Not enough. <laughs> not enough. That's the only answer. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, yeah, you know, it was probably just the mundane comet, ast- you know, meteorite from an asteroid that exploded, but. That's not the fun stuff. So thinking that you no. know it was it was testing of Tesla and things like that is the is the more fun. We I I, I concur with both of you, uh, and I don't need to to belabor the point. The most fun would be test. No I belabor, do- please. <laughs> I'm not playing you today. Uh, the the most fun part is Tesla, and I we actually need to do a follow up episode on Tesla. There's so much that we didn't even explore in that episode, like when he was in Puma Pumku. Um. <laughs> David said he'd join us. Yeah, yeah it'd be said, a perfect opportunity. But there, there is a ton of stuff. The more kind of wacky, out, outlandish stuff with Tesla that we need to explore, up to and including how he caused the Tunguska event. Well, guys, thanks for putting the bore and be labor. <laughs> oh, uh, the most important thing. It's not our opinion, Nation. What do you think happened, John? How can they tell us? It's pretty simple. Hop on the old internet. I was gonna go with MK Ultra mind bending shit, but internet works too. Okay, all right. Either one. Go to Facebook. Search Hysteria Nation. That's our Facebook discussion group where we talk about this and a whole lot more. And then there's lots of memes. Or you can call the Joe Peck Hotline, which it's totally live when he's on. Dial the show. it up. Also, don't forget facebook.com slash hysteria 51 pod that's our regular page. You can tweet to us at hysteria 51 pod. And please, please, when you see new episodes. Share them. Share them with your friends, your family. They'll Sharing appreciate is it. Caring. Sharing is And if they say they don't like it, force it on them. Think about it this way. There are only so many people that have heard of this podcast. 
a portion of them would say they enjoy it. A portion of them would disown you. You know <laughs> also what? True. It's a gamble that we're willing you for you to take. It, there are more. There, there's more exposure for the podcast. You could be improving their lives. I mean, I just read the other day: less than forty percent of people have a password on their phone. Download it on their phone. That's a really True. good idea. Now, forty percent of the people that haven't been to ninety-seven percent of the the planet, <laughs> the planet agree correct. with Joe. <laughs> correct, or with Joe, that and is. have witnessed a meteor event because they're <laughs> happening constantly. <laughs> Also, don't forget, you can hear your voice on the show. Give us a voicemail, 773-669-7277. John, what's that number again? 773-669-7277. Also, if you're playing an old Nintendo, a very fun game, Tombs and Treasures. Tombs and Treasures? I never played that. I don't know it. I liked that one. But if you don't want to play Tombs and Treasures, but you want to play... Uh, Wheel of Conspiracies, and you want to find any of these links and numbers and things we told you, go to Hysteria51.com. That is our webpage where you can find everything we've been talking about. And the other thing we've been talking about all day today is Joseph P. Peck. Now, it, the P I made up, what is your middle initial? P. Is it really? I kid you not. <laughs> Amazing. Is it short for Peck? Yes. Joseph Peck Peck? Like Macaulay, Macaulay, yes. Culkin, Culkin? Macaulay Culkin literally changed his name to Macaulay Macaulay Culkin Culkin. I like it. It's like the new website I'm starting called www.com. So you can find it at www.www.com.com. I like it. Yeah. What are you gonna What are you gonna sell on there? Probably ideas. He's got a lot of time where he just waits, so he comes up with a lot of a lot lot of ideas ideas floating around Ah. in the old noggin. So with that said, I've been Brent. I've been Joe. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh. If it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.